Last week we talked about the baggage that we bring to church. All of us bring some baggage to church. Uh, I bring mine, you bring yours. And of course the baggage we're talking about is not the baggage we bring in a suitcase like this. It's the baggage that we carry in our hearts. Specifically, we're talking about the baggage of resentment. And we're going to be looking at the lives of 12 brothers. Uh, Their story begins in the 37th chapter of Genesis. The main brother in the story, his name is Joseph. He is number 11 of 12. In that home, we said there were four wives. The ten, six the six oldest sons were born by the wife, Leah. She was unloved in the marriage relationship. The Bible specifically says that. The two youngest sons were born by Rachel. She was the favorite wife. Four of the other boys were born by concubines or mistresses. And so suffice it to say, it was a complicated family. Maybe you have a complicated family. And in a family like that, it's easy to see how tensions can develop and how resentment can come to the surface. And so I just want to remind you, as we begin unpacking the baggage of resentment, I began unpacking mine and you begin unpacking yours. I want to remind you of the things we said last week, and I just want to step through those principles really quick. The first one is that baggage of the baggage of hurt from early in your life can impact your relationship with others in the present. You know that to be true. Second, the hurts and heartaches of everyday life are often beyond our control, but the choice of whether or not to carry the baggage of resentment is up to you. Third, resentment is baggage you must never carry. You must ask the Lord to help you unpack it and abandon it. Otherwise, it will cause more harm and injustice than the injustice done to you. In other words, you may feel like somebody wronged you, and you may feel that you have the right to take revenge on them or to get even. That's what we're talking about. Never, never do that. Fourth, Bearing the baggage of resentment puts the purpose of God in jeopardy. And so you have in this story older brothers who appeared to be bearing the baggage of resentment. Joseph, who never carried any resentment in his heart. And had he carried resentment in his heart, the purpose of God would have been undone. Next, the purpose of God. In other words, you following God, your journey, your Christian life may require you to bear the burden of a brother's resentment. However, in doing so, you must never allow resentment to take root in your heart. And finally, last week we said, God knows the baggage you carry as a result of being on mission with Him. And if you allow Him, He will protect your heart from resentment and work all things for your good and His glory. The title of the message today is, What's So Bad?, about the baggage of resentment. And that's what's going to come up in the story today as we return to uh, the story of Joseph and his brothers. In James chapter 3, verse 16, in the New Testament, the Bible says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. That's true at home. That's true in the church. That's true in the workplace. You've experienced that. So we want to begin by looking at Genesis chapter 37, verse 4. We see these brothers. 
Uh, Joseph, their father, had given him a, a coat of many colors. Uh, he was the favorite son. And in verse 4, the Bible says, his brothers saw that they, his, their father loved him more than all his brothers, so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. That's one of the things that we mentioned last week, the tension that existed between Joseph and his brothers. Now, at an early age, uh, God began revealing his purpose to, in the life of Joseph through dreams. He, he made the mistake of sharing those dreams with his brothers. That deepened the rift between them. It poured fire on the fuel of their jealousy. And in chapter 37, verse 8, the last part of that verse, it said they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. They couldn't speak to him on friendly terms. A seething hatred welled up in their heart toward him. Then came that fateful day when the Bible tells us that his father sent him to check on the welfare of his brothers. Jacob, the dad in the story, unknowingly sends his son Joseph into harm's way. Joseph is about to travel right into the teeth of his brother's resentment. Look at verse 18 of chapter 37. The Bible says, when they saw him from a distance... Before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say, a wild beast has devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. I want to acknowledge, and maybe you can acknowledge today, that some of you have been hurt by your family. And when it happened, it surprised you. Uh, you were suddenly made aware of long-standing feelings they had toward you and of long-standing resentment they held against you. And so maybe today you're walking in the shoes of Joseph and you've been a victim of someone else's resentment. Or you could be the person that harbors resentment against your family. In either case, in either case, if you're the person with resentment in your heart or if you're the person who walked unknowingly into the teeth of somebody else's resentment, God knows who you are, and God knows where you are. Now, the situation in this story, as it does in the life of many families, is about to get worse, much worse, but nothing that happened escaped the notice of God. If we could just simply apply that to our own lives and our own circumstances, whatever your circumstances, whatever situation you're in, whatever the circumstances in your family are, nothing about that has escaped the notice of God. This, this story is, it, is as real as it gets because it unfolds yet today in families, in churches, in business, and if you watch the news, even in the highest levels of government. These brothers had a broken relationship with Joseph. It was broken on their end. It was broken without any fault on the part of Joseph. He was innocent. He was naive toward the depth of their resentment. Uh, the resentment existing in their hearts was a symptom of a breach that existed between them and Joseph. Even seeing him from a distance caused their, their resentment to boil. And that leads me to the first principle that I want to share with you this morning. And that is that no matter how much distance you put between you and the brother with whom you have a broken relationship, that resentment will still exist. The fire will still burn, and I'll tell you why. Because it's not about you and that person. It's about you and God. And there is a deeper, darker, more sinister force at work 
Because the devil knows that as long as you have a broken relationship with a brother, you have a broken relationship with God. And no matter where you go, he will feed that fire. He fertilizes that root of resentment so that it will spread. So that ultimately, even the thought of that person, a picture, or even the presence of their name, of their name on your cell phone will cause fire to burn. Now, they couldn't speak to their brother on friendly terms. They, they couldn't see him at a distance or think of him without feeling resentment. There was jealousy and, and, and selfish ambition in that home. And as a result, it, it became a recipe for disorder and every evil thing, just as the Bible says. Now, the Bible never uses the word resentment in this story. And you might point this out to me. But let me share with you some synonyms of resentment. Because the Bible just simply says they hated him. But here are the synonyms of resentment. Anger, bitterness, dislike, hatred, antipathy, offense, umbrage, bile. And so here's the second principle about resentment. Resentment, resentment is simply dressed up hatred. It is hatred that comes to church. It is hatred that prays. It is hatred that sings. It is hatred that comes to the altar in an effort to worship. And why do I say so? Well, because the secret wish, the secret prayer of resentment is for the destruction of the one who is the focus of resentment. Joseph's brothers plotted against him. They wanted to hurt him. They wanted to see him suffer. Here's the next principle. The person bearing the baggage of resentment always wants to put the other person in a pit. It, it, it causes you to want to see them suffer, even if that suffering has to come from your own hand. Now, we don't always act on our resentment, but we plot scenarios in our minds of what we would do if we could. It's venomous. Listen to it come from their hearts in chapter 37 of Genesis verse 20. They said, here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we will say a wild beast has devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Maybe you already know that where there is resentment between two brothers, it infects and impacts many more. Last week, and on the front of your bulletin, yet today, and it will remain through the course of this series, that verse from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, that says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. That leads us to the next principle about resentment. Resentment is infectious, it spreads, it multiplies. The root of it spreads its tentacles and it grows, it passes from person to person, and it infected this family. Now, did all of these brothers resent him equally? Well, apparently not. As a matter of fact, the resentment that was in the heart of these brothers may have had its root in one, it spread to the others. We don't know which one, but we know that one of the brothers, Reuben, who's listed in the story, didn't seem to feel as much resentment toward his brother as the others. So he did his best, it seems, to intervene. Look at verse 21 and 22. The Bible says, But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, Let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, Shed no blood. He said, Just throw him in the pit. That is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So what did Reuben do? Well, he simply compromised with their resentment. And here's another principle. Never 
compromise with resentment. Compromising with resentment never results in restoring anyone to the Father. You see, what Reuben wanted to do, he wanted to hurt him a little, not a lot. Resentment wants to teach a lesson. Resentment wants to level the playing field. You should never be a party to someone else's resentment. The minute you share your resentment with somebody other than the person toward whom you have it, you've committed another sin against God other than the sin of resentment because the Bible tells us if you have something against your brother or sister, you should tell that person. You should ask God to help you deal with them as an individual because it's between you and God and that person. Listen to what Jesus said about bearing the baggage of resentment in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Jesus said, therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar, here's the picture. You're coming to worship. You're coming to church. You're coming to sing. You're coming to pray. And you have hatred in your heart. You have resentment in your heart. Or perhaps you realize that your brother or sister has resentment against you. How do you handle that? He said, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering before the altar and go first, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. I may not be the one who bears resentment. That resentment may be coming from someone else toward me. I need to ask God to help me handle that resentment and take the appropriate steps for reconciliation. Now, that obviously didn't happen in this story. Look at verses 23 and 24. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. Here's the way resentment thinks. Resentment thinks, well, God is blessed, but he's blessed unfairly. And so I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take it on myself to strip my brother of the blessing that God has given him, and my brother and I will be equal. You know what that's called? It's called getting even, isn't it? And we've all done it many times. We get even with our words or with our actions. Well, so they threw Joseph in the pit. Did their actions bring equality between them? Did their actions bring them any closer? Was it good to hurt Joseph just a little? Acting out resentment has never leveled the playing field for anyone. Here's the next principle. Resentment always does more damage than planned. Always. You can mark it down. You've probably experienced that in your own life. So they sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 27, verse 37, verse 35, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Let's just sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. So you notice this word profit. Resentment is always looking for a way to profit from the anger born toward a brother. Judah remarked, there's no money in killing him. After all, he is our flesh and blood. How compassionate. So he said, instead of killing him, let's just sell him. They knew this was wrong. They knew their resentment was wrong. They knew their actions were wrong. And, and where were his brothers in all this? The rest of them? They listened. They were complicit in his resentment. 
Remember, resentment always does more damage than plan. Once you start the ball of resentment rolling, you can't control what happens next. And if you look carefully at what happened here, you'll see the tragedy begin to unfold. Verse 38 of chapter, verse 28 of chapter 37. Then some Midianite traders passed by. So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. So he tore his garments. He returned to his brothers and said, The boy is not there. Ask for me. Where am I to go? He had compromised with their resentment. He intended to make things right, but that compromise placed Joseph at the mercy of his brother's resentment. First, it put him in a pit, but there was more peril in that pit than Reuben ever imagined. By the time, by the time Reuben had returned, his resentful brothers had, had pulled him up out of the pit and sold him as a slave. Uh, Jacob, the father, had sent him on a mission to see about the welfare of his brothers. That's the whole point in Joseph going out that day. But it was a bigger mission than Jacob ever dreamed or than Joseph ever dreamed. It would take him into difficulties and into temptations that Joseph never imagined. But first, it would take him into the teeth of his brother's resentment. Now, let me just say something. If I could just make this very clear to you and help you understand this, and if you could think about it. Maybe there's resentment in your family. God knows about it. Every inch of it every drop of it he knows about it and God's purpose can be worked in the midst of it and in spite of it and sometimes God's purpose is working right in the thick of it and it was here in this family take a long time for it to work out but God was working and God is also working in your family so, here are these brothers, these older brothers, they had a broken relationship with Joseph. But it wasn't the broken relationship with Joseph that they had, that was not all they had. Here's the next principle. Resentment always damages your relationship with the Father. There's a good picture here, look at what it did with their relationship to the Father. Now, Reuben was the first to feel guilt for what had happened. Joseph was sold into slavery by their hands. They had to go home and tell their, their old dad, Jacob. But what, how could they tell the truth? They couldn't tell the truth. If they did, they might be forced to fix it. And they had no desire to change what they'd done. They were unrepentant. So they went to their father in their resentment, and they lied. They took Joseph's tunic, that coat of many colors. They slaughtered, slaughtered a, a goat and dipped the tunic in blood and and they brought it to their father and they said, look, we found this. What a terrible, dirty, heartless lie. Instead of saying, hey, Joseph's gone. He's, he's gone down to Egypt with a bunch of traitors because we sold him. They just said, he's dead. And the Bible says in verse 31, Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son for many days. And all his sons and daughters rose to comfort him but he refused to be comforted. And he said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, Potiphar's Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. That resentment broke the father's heart and for the next 23 years, listen to me, for the next 23 
years. How long does resentment go on in a family? A long time. And for the next 23 years, they would relate to their father out of guilt. They would never be able to look at him without the memory of what they had done. They may have pretended all was well, but in reality, not only did they have a broken relationship with a brother, they lived for the next 23 years with a broken relationship with their father. Here's the next principle. Resentment will always bring sorrow to the father's heart. Consider Jacob's sorrow. He didn't know what had happened to Joseph. He couldn't see God's plan or purpose. All he knew is the deep grief he now endured. And he endured it because of the resentment in the hearts of these brothers. It brought sorrow to a father's heart. A father's spirit was grieved. A father's heart was broken. I want to ask you a question. Does your resentment bring sorrow to the father's heart? And so now we're going to get down to the business and I'm about to close about this matter of resentment. What is so bad about the baggage of resentment? Do you see the hurt in this story in the life of Jacob? It reflects the hurt that exists in the heart of God whenever resentment exists between those in his family. It is sure to bring sorrow to the father's heart. It is sure to leave a brother in a pit of despair. And it is sure to leave division in the family. Someone will be lost and missing. And years of grief and guilt will be brought into the life of God's family. One other thing I want to show you. If you read this story, you'll see they tried to comfort Jacob. But there was no comfort for the father's heart. There was no joy to the father's heart that could be brought by the family. As long as Joseph was missing. As long as he was lost to the heart of the father. The father's heart could not be pleased. And if there is brokenness in a relationship between you and a brother, God will not be sued by all your service, by all your worship, by all the seeming sacrifices you make until the breach has been healed and the brother has come home. Now, I don't know what happened to cause your resentment. Uh, Joseph could have certainly justified resentment toward his brothers. However, as far as we know, and we do know because we know the whole story, Joseph never had resentment toward his brothers in this story. Uh, But the resentment his brothers carried put them in a deeper pit than Joseph was ever in. Some years ago, I read a book by Dr. Robert Enright called Forgiveness is a Choice. He's with the American Psychological Association, and this is what he says. People who talk with me about forgiveness often say that their resentment was a way of keeping the one who hurt them in a kind of emotional prison. As long as they held on to the anger and bitterness, the other person stayed in the jail cell. Over time, they began to realize that it was they themselves who were imprisoned by the hatred and not the other person. Our hatred affects us emotionally more than it affects the one who hurt us. Forgiveness is one of the keys to unlocking the door. How much is it worth to you to stay locked in an emotional and spiritual prison that keeps you from God. That prison may have many levels and many doors that need to be open, and maybe you can't let go of everything in this suitcase today. But you know what God is doing is asking you and asking me just to begin unpacking the baggage of resentment. Maybe today you can take one rag out of this suitcase of resentment. Not all of it, 
Not all of it in a Sunday, not all of it in a week, not all of it in a month, maybe not all of it in a year. But you can open it up and you can begin to look at it. Not packed away, not hidden away, because it's certainly not hidden from God. And you can say, God, would you help me look at what's inside the suitcase of my own heart? And would you help me begin to unpack it before you? Remember, resentment holds no one prisoner but the person who harbors it. Let's pray.